how to maximize profit when investing. We're going to go through all our secrets when it comes to taking profit, exit strategies, and entry points to help make you a better trader. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by BitGet. BitGet is the most user-friendly and secure crypto trading platform for both beginners and experienced traders. BitGet is the best place to not only trade Bitcoin and Ethereum, but also all the small cap gems that we discuss every day. With 24-7 customer support, leverage trading, and a wide array of other advanced features, BitGet sets itself apart from every other centralized exchange. Through Beanstalk's official partnership with BitGet, you'll receive 15% off all trading fees when you sign up using the referral link in the description. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. This is Josh, the Nifty Investor. This, I think, is going to be this is one of our most requested episodes. People always ask us; they want to know our secrets about taking profits, sniping entries, when to get in and out of trades all the things that will maximize your profit when trading crypto or stocks. So make sure you listen to the end of this episode. It's going to be a banger. It's tough, right? Because let's say you're around in the mid-90s, late-90s or so, and you're investing in Amazon. And you see it do an absolute big spike, comes back down. Do you go, fuck, cut my losses and get out of there? Or had you have just held on and diamond-handed, then you're seeing you know, 30,000% gains, which is life-changing. Yep. In crypto... There's also the 100x gains, the 10x gains. You know, you see something like what Solana did uh, a few years back and how that went up massive from a few cents. Mm-hmm. Imagine diamond handing a couple grand and up to $200 or whatever it ran up to. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you need to figure out, you know, when do you want to take profits, how to protect your wealth, because there's always another opportunity around the corner and you always need to remember that. There's always a new narrative. Yep. Always a new sector. So we're going to reveal some of our strategies, some of our wins and losses and what we've learned. So hopefully you don't make the same mistakes and can actually, you know, increase your uh, portfolio and, and your wealth over yeah, time. For sure. So we might as well start it kind of as you alluded to it. So set your goals when investing. Is it, are you in for a short-term trade? Are you trying to tr- put in X amount and, you know, make a 2X in a week, a month? Or are you long-term investing, like you know, say what you could do with Amazon, and are you just going to try to put in X amount of your paycheck every week, and then in 40, 30, 40 years, this is your retirement nest egg? So before you think about an investment or before you make an investment, you need to, to set your goals and then keep that in your mind when you have your position. Are, is it a short-term? Is it a day trade? Is it a swing trade? Or is it a long-term investment, right? That's very important. Yeah, that's one of the points I had here. So that's, I, uh, for example, um, Ethereum. I was dollar cost averaging. I, I just, smart contracts made a ton of sense to me. I'm like, okay, this is, this is back in 2016, early 2017. This idea of smart contracts made a lot of sense to me. Nobody was talking about it yet. I'm like, this is a future play. This is 2021. This is 2022 onwards. I could see the writing was on the wall. So what did I do? I just put on automatic uh, purchases of like 200 bucks every week or two and just kept accumulating, accumulating. And Ethereum did go on a spike when I was buying it, like $200, $300 or so. It went up to like $1,500, $1,600. But then it came back down to $100. Mm. Luckily, because I already had this in mind that it was a distant technology that was going to be utilized in the future, I wasn't really too concerned about the um, ups and downs. I'm like, crypto crypto swings 30% a day. Who cares? Yep. 
Luckily, during the previous bull market, it went up to like 5K. I'm like, all right, now I've seen a tremendous gains from these. I am going to start pulling out profits. And that's when I took out a bulk of my positions, liquidated into stable coins, and started to look for other early round investments where I could see it being like another Ethereum of my previous 2016, 2017. Yeah. So as a future tech, that was a long-term play. For sure. And, you know, even if you have a, a long-term holding like that, you can, for example, not that, you know, you didn't do it, but you could, if someone is, has a long-term investment thesis on a particular asset, with, whether it's a crypto or a stock, if something you have, say, if it's a crypto, it pumps 400%, you can shave off some profits with the idea of reinvesting into that same asset when it, because when it inevitably dumps, yes. right? So if you buy something and it does a 10x, you don't have to diamond hand it the whole way down again. You can sell 30% of your position or t- at least take your initials out on some profit. Probably it's going to come back down. Maybe not all the way, but if it pumps 5,000%, it might drop 80%. It's still above your entry point, but you've taken your profits and you can reinvest in the same, if you have a long-term investment thesis on that particular asset, you reinvest when it goes down and then you build up, you rebalance and build up your position that same way. And you can do that with your whole portfolio. Yeah. I think there's been, so from a crypto side thing, you and I both, we've, I know we've diamond handed some things up like 3000% or something like that, which is life changing, but we're like, no, it's going to keep going. Yeah. And then we diamond handed back down to zero. Yeah. Like idiots. But that is what allows us to share, you know, because that was really painful, but allows us to share with our viewers and our audience mistakes not to make. So now what, when I'm doing uh, an altcoin or a stock, for example, you need to look at like, are there further further catalysts in the pipeline? Are they developing? Are they generating revenue? Mm-hmm. You know, does your thesis remain the same moving forward? Yep. And if there's nothing that has a glaring red flag to you, so, you know, if you're dealing with a company that is all of a sudden doing layoffs, you know, why are they laying people off? Mm. Um, let's say they missed the revenue. Why did they miss the revenue? If you start to see these things, it's like, maybe it's time to get out. But if you can see the catalyst and, and tailwinds from, you know, certain geopolitical events, et cetera, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you'd be like, all right, I can ride this out a bit further. For sure. And speaking to crypto specifically, we recently interviewed the CEO of Alliance Block, Rashid, and he put it very, very simply for us. And I think it's a perfect thing to mention on this episode. So shout out to him and Alliance Block. Um, there's three waves of crypto in terms of a project. The first wave is hype without fundamentals. So this is when a new project comes on the scene absolutely rip people are like oh my god this is a new layer two you know like bitrock goes up 30x but the pro- you know the project has only been out for three weeks three weeks the platform has not been built yet yeah. they're building they're doing as best they can as a cell phone platform but the hype really took control over twitter and youtube and everything and it went up 30x then there is stage two which can be the hardest for investors and this is a lot of the time where you sell at a loss or you get impatient or whatever and that's the building phase so there's initial hype then it's gonna people are gonna obviously take profits early investors, it's going to come back down, not all the way, but most of the way, then they're building. Then if you can be patient enough and you realize if the project is real and building, then you have the third phase, which is the hype plus fundamentals. And that's when you can really see something send like Solana did, right? Yeah. You know, a 10,000 X yeah. up into the top 10 of crypto. They have partnerships. They have a working platform and the hype and the community. That's the hardest one to get to community. because you have to be patient Diamond hand your bags, or you can you know rebalance your position, but just stay with it. And that that I think is where a lot of people fail because they get impatient in phase two. I think it's uh, having Rashid on too. You know, this is an ex banker uh, has built one of the probably one of the best projects that I've seen in uh, the entire industry, Web three industry, in terms of bridging uh, 
traditional finance into DeFi. This guy is a very smart individual and he broke it down perfectly. So you need to check out that episode um, because he'll further allude to this point that we're speaking to. And to your point about a BitRock, for example, you know, we were smart enough to identify, look, there's this new project coming out. It seems it takes a lot of the boxes um, and it had that huge hype. That is a time when it is, if you put some money in and go, something goes up 30x, you have to be a fool not to take some profits. At least you have to take something. your initials out. Initial investment. So it's a free trade. Then take some profits out. And like, you know what? If you really believe in the project, let it ride. Like, that's what we've done. Yeah. I took my initials out. Of course. Did I take some profits on BitRock? Of course I did. Yeah. I'm a more experienced investor now than I was a few years ago. Did I sell my entire bag? Absolutely not. Because yeah. I, I do still believe in what they're doing. That thing could still go to zero, and I st- I've taken my profits. I've taken my initial. It's fine. But I do see potential here, so I'm going to stick with BitRock because I think if slash when we do reach that phase three, hype plus fundamentals plus partnerships plus community, the community's rabid. That is where you could really see it do another 100x, right? Yeah. So keep that mind frame. And, you know, as we said, as we see in, you know, we see in our community, we see in everyone's community, people get impatient. They want a 1,000x today. They want a 1,000x tomorrow. It's like, that's not how fucking life works. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Phase two, like you said, is the hardest. That's when all the behind the scenes stuff is happening. Rashida actually alluded to just one partnership took them eight months. Some of them take two years, he mentioned. Yeah. So... You have to have patience in this industry. You have to understand that there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes with a lot of these projects. When we were down in Austin and we were speaking with the Kadena and Casper and all these guys, it's like, you haven't really seen too much, but man, they're fucking, they're doing stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like it is eventually going to hit. Yeah. Just because they're not pumping a new update every single day. Yeah. Just relax. It's insane. Man. Why did you, at, wh- you need to ask yourself, why are you making this investment in the first place? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. And something else I just on this point while I continue ranting is, the faster something goes up, the faster it's going to come down. Look at Bitcoin. That thing started ripping when everybody got their stimulus checks. Went to like yep. 69,000. But fuck, that thing dropped hard all the way back down to 15K. Yep. Like that's, that's the biggest yeah. market cap crypto project out yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens. Look at Rollbit. That thing is on fire. It's generating tons of revenue. Went up to six cents, down, dropped down to like just sub of one cent. Yeah. Imagine panic selling exactly. because you're like, I don't know if you're too fixated on the price versus what's actually being built. Oh, that's the founders when, on docks. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then it went through that phase two portion there for a few months or so. Yep. Um, and now it's at all time highs. Yep. So it's sure. just like, you need to have conviction when you are involved in certain type of plays, understand what's being built. Yep. Keep listening to uh, the AMAs, look at, you know, what is, what is happening. And sometimes you need to have that conviction, but it's easier to have conviction when you take some profits on the way up. Yep. Versus pretty right. Yeah. Then you're like, Hey, if it goes to zero, who cares? I'm up. I won the trade. And you know, what's not get, what doesn't help you is not going to help you be a better investor is by constantly going into discord or telegrams or Twitter and comments or whatever. Just being every single day on a project that, you know, maybe it's, it's red on the day. What happened to this project? What happened to this project? What happened to this project? Yeah. Do your own research. D Y O R. Like we're not here to hold your hands and do everything. We're here to help you out for sure. Yeah. But it's only going to make, you're only going to make yourself more anxious about your investments. If you're constantly every single day, what happened to this coin? What happened to this coin? What Things don't go up every day. Yeah. You have to have patience and conviction. And when you realize that you're going to become a much less anxious investor and you, it's going to improve the quality of your life. And it's, uh, it, it removes one of the biggest um, problems with new traders or retail traders, et cetera, is that emotional investing. Mm-hmm. You see a, that's why you see a lot of really good traders. They don't have the red and green bars when they're doing the trading. It's just like a white and black screen. Yep. So they don't see the red and be like, oh, it's, it's panic. It's fear. It's like, 
you know, you got, you got to view it objectively. Mm -hmm. So that brings me into my next point and that let's say you accidentally do buy the top of something. At that point, I think it's really important to maybe set a stop loss. Uh, maybe like a 15%, 20%. I think this is when you having charting, a charting background or a technical analysis uh, ability could really help because mm. then you can start to see, all right, well, I'll wait till it falls back into this zone. Where was the volume? Like you can start to time it up a little bit better to actually improve your chances of winning in a trade when you enter at the right times. So that is kind of something I'd be looking at as well as you can improve your wins by time, by looking at better zones to actually buy in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So that, that brings us to kind of the next zone of this discussion, which would be timing entries and exits. So, you know, if you follow us, if you've been following the show for a while, you follow us, you're in our discord, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, you know, one of our specialties is finding hidden gems before they pump. And that's why we're so good. We're looking for new projects that haven't pumped yet. Maybe they're just released, but they have promising technology. Typically, you want to enter something before it's all over Twitter or X, right? It's before people are pumping it. That's when you want to enter. You don't want to be buying tops. So when you see people start gloating about how they made 1,000%, 10,000% profits, do not FOMO into the top. If it's being pumped that much, it's, people are going to take profits. Like you said, if it goes up that fast that much, it's going to come down that much. Don't time your entry when it's the hype is at all-time highs. You want to enter into these things before, you know, when only a few gem hunters like us are talking about it. That's when you can win your trade right away. You're in early. You're in at a $1 million market cap. Boom. Goes to $5 million. Take your profits. Take your initial out. You're set. You're sold. You just keep that moon bag for whatever happens, right? So it's all about timing entries and exits. And, you know, we've been talking about this new technology, which kind of analyzes the market and allows you to one find projects before they trend and two set your limit orders your buy orders your sell orders and that's kyber ai and kyber swap right mm. so we've been talking about that recently it's a, it's a brand new platform that's still in alpha phase called kyber ai and that analyzes all kinds of on-chain data it shows which projects are whales are buying which project whales are selling it automatically sets your um, your resistance and support levels. I like that. It's so much easier. Yeah, and then it uh, connects into their decks, KyberSwap, so you can buy and sell all the tokens that you're finding right on their platform. Yeah. I did it with uh, three projects as like a test, and I publicly shared it on Twitter, and it nailed all three. It was like, it's showing bullish momentum, and here's the resistance. It literally went, and it, and it, it, it takes in all the information, the inflows, the outflows, mm -hmm. um, what the whales are doing, et cetera. Number of holders. And it literally nailed all three trades. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Not and easy to do. It might only be like a 10%, 15%, but that's when I, I'll shift into the mindset of a day trader or a swing trader versus a long-term investor, which, which I am with some, some projects and not others. Mm -hmm. I like to use Kyber AI for a trading perspective to do my day trading and identify if there is bullish momentum, exactly where the resistance is. Yep. And that's when I can set my stop loss. I can set my take profits. And it's all automated. Yeah, for sure. Another thing for timing entries and exits into positions, and we've talked about it on the show a lot, is just go inverse of what everyone else is doing. You know, JP Morgan and BlackRock and Jim Cramer are coming out and saying, market's about to tank. Buy. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. they're, they're, they're doing the opposite because they're trying to fool you. Yeah. And if they come out and say, ooh, markets are about to rip, markets are about to pump, sell. Yeah. So go inverse on what the mainstream media is doing because they're putting those headlines out to fool you. They want to make money off you. That's how they make their money by fooling 
retail investors. So if you just start to see all these signals flash, uh, recession over, market about to pump, Jim Cramer's bullish, yeah, maybe maybe get out of some of your positions. Yeah. And on the flip side, if they're bearish, you can get bullish. And when it comes to stocks, uh, a lot of the ones I like to do are, it depends on, you have to think about what industry are you in, what sector are you in. So we talked about natural resources, um, like natural resources, like natural gas, for yep. example. And Comstock Resources is one that we've talked about in the past. It's a natural gas play, but that's a cyclical sector. Mm-hmm. It comes, it comes and goes and it's happens every two years. So for me, if I'm trading that sector, I might only hold it for two months. Right. I, you can actually just see the bottoms of what the price of natural gas is. It's a, it's a lot easier of a trade, but if I'm trading tech stocks, for example, and you see like they're forming massive partnerships, they're receiving government grants, they're um, massive geopolitical events in the background that are assisting, or maybe there's a semiconductor shortage, et cetera, or AI. Then it's like, okay, well, this is a tech stock that it's a little bit more risky, but that's one that you could maybe dime a hand a bit longer knowing that there is so many more catalysts coming up. Versus, like I said, the other one that's more of a swing trade over the course of two months. So for sure, you need to understand what you're investing in and why you're investing in it. 100%. Uh, so now moving on to the next kind of category, I would say, which would be portfolio maintenance. And this kind of also ties in with profit taking and stuff. So if you happen to catch a really good trade, you know, you put in $1,000, say, or 500 bucks, whatever, it goes 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x, 10x. Well, all of a sudden you have this one position that's ballooned and it's taking up 50% of your portfolio. Mm. You never want that because investing is risky. And just as we were talking about before the show, you know, even a stock, one piece of news can send it to zero. Crypto could be a rug pull. You never know. Docs founders have rugged projects. It doesn't, you never know. So I don't trust anyone, right? If you have a, a position that's starting to take up a massive, massive part of your portfolio, start selling. Don't sell it all at once. Yeah. Sell 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%, and reinvest it into your other positions or just hold cash. You'd never want one position to start ballooning out because the risk of your portfolio getting absolutely dumped on increases. And I've been in a position where I'm like, okay, I'm up 2X now and I sell my whole bag. I'm like, I don't need to really be in this anymore. And I missed 20X gains. Yeah. And that's so painful. So scaling out like dollar cost averaging out is just as as important as dollar cost averaging in i would Mm. say when you can identify support and resistance and stuff like that yep um because i will be more inclined to let's say i have ten thousand dollars i want to spend and it's a project i really believe in and i can see the writings on the wall i can see the integrations i can see the development i can see the marketing when it comes down to an area of where it seems to be bouncing for a while that's when i'll be more inclined to maybe put put some more money in. Right. And if it comes back up and it comes back down to that spot, then I'll put more money in again there. Right. So I kind of bring my average position down to a, a particular buy zone. Yep. But then when it does spike, I'm not going to sell my entire bag because what if it does that 20 X? Exactly. So again, it's just, it's taking some profits, but it's not eliminating the chance of seeing life changing gains. For sure. And then another thing I wanted to talk about, and I think we've kind of matured a little bit and, and, shifted our ideology in this particular area is diversification. So normally, you know, it's like a traditional stock portfolio, be well diversified, get into everything because, you know, we're not traditional investors. We're a little bit more in tune and maybe a little bit, you know, because we work in the industry, maybe a little bit younger, a little riskier, whatever. But I'm personally, as I grow older now and more and more experienced in, in investing, I've actually 
be making a less diversified portfolio. I'm not, I don't want 30 to 40 positions. I'm going to go with my high conviction plays. I want less plays and a more percentage of my portfolio in each play. Because we're lucky enough to be able to, we research every single day. We talk to people on the teams. We we're so in touch with everything that's going on. When I have a high conviction play, I'm in. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't want 50 different positions. I don't want my crypto portfolio to be full of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, XRP, and then like 30 different small caps. It's so hard to manage that because as we said, one can rug at any moment. I'd rather 10, 15, maybe 20 tops, like really solid high conviction plays that I can watch every single thing they're tweeting, AMAs, Telegram. Yeah. I'm fully invested in a smaller amount, so less diversified. It's riskier, yes, but if you really have high conviction, that's when you can see some serious gains. That's true because, you know, if you're scattered 10 bucks across 100 projects and one of them goes at 50%, great, you made five bucks, congratulations. Yeah, like nothing. That's nothing. But if you have maybe 10 plays with a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks in each and it goes up 50%, well, now you're looking at a little bit more money, Yep. right? And you're right. It does give you that opportunity to actually follow the project closely and read between the tea leaves and understand what is being built? What sort of marketing exists? Uh, what sort of catalysts are in the pipeline? Mm -hmm. All those things. When you're scattered across 100 products, you, can't have, you, don't have, you have no idea what's going on. You can't. You're yeah. literally just rolling the dice at that point. For sure. And yeah, for other people may have different risk tolerances. You know, if you're managing a, your family's wealth portfolio of millions of dollars, you know, you don't want to put that into 10 stocks because that's very risky. Yes, you want a diversified portfolio that's going to see 2 to 3 to 4 to 5% gains every year. And that's totally fine. This is our strategy. As we said, we're just sharing our personal opinions. Of course, it's not financial advice. This is just what we've started to do over the years. Now that we have higher conviction plays, if you're in our Discord, you follow us, know what these plays are. We're higher conviction plays, less plays, less diversified. It's riskier, but you can yield better gains. Yeah. So to summarize, identify why you're getting into a trade in the first place. Mm -hmm. Do a shit ton of research. Smaller portfolio, you know, if you want to be a little bit more riskier. Are you a swing trader? Are you a day trader? Or are you an investor? Understanding your time frames is also mm -hmm. just as important as to why you got in the first place. Yep. Take profits on the way up, dollar cost average in buy zones that you've identified using technical analysis and ensure that you have stop losses to protect yourself mm -hmm. because if something starts to bleed and it bleeds and it bleeds, that is so painful losing your hard-earned money because I, I, I've done that with certain stocks and stuff and I've watched them go down to absolute zero yep. when I was up. I'm like, why didn't I just take some profits out of this thing? Yeah, for sure. And the pain associated with seeing that. And I can't even get rid of it now. It's just stuck in my portfolio. Oh yeah, it's fucked. Um, so just taking those profits <coughs> along the way, protect yourself. Don't like, if you put a hard earned thousand bucks in and it drops down to $850, having that $850 is so much better than having zero. Yep. So cut sure. your losses early. I think that's like one of the best things. Yeah. It's, it just as, as important as taking profits. And there's one, there's one, it's the super indicator of when you need to buy or sell. And this is maybe applies more to crypto. When the hype is real and the euphoria is out of control and you start, your family and friends start to reach out to you to ask you about crypto or Bitcoin or Ethereum, like, oh, should I buy this? Should I buy this? Should I buy this? Or you start to see celebrities pumping it, people that are not in crypto. That's when you should sell. Like last, at the, the peak of the last bull run, I was yeah. at my dad's place. It was this November 2021 when Bitcoin reached 69K. And literally on the day, I've been telling him for years about Bitcoin. And he's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll buy some Bitcoin. He's like, can you help me set up a wallet? And oh, I did. Yeah. I should have known in the back of my mind. I'm like, set his wallet up, 
sell my entire portfolio. Because <laughs> when you're when people they start to see it, it's like okay, something's happening here, and you know they're always going to get in at the top. People that aren't in the industry, that's the super indicator. It's mm. like when your grandma start to ask you about crypto. That is the ultimate. This is the ultimate indicator. You're yeah. right. And, and then on the flip side, when everyone's like. Your, your friends are, you know, bug, uh, you know, rinsing you. Oh, hey, Bitcoin's going to zero, eh? Stock, yeah. This stock's stupid. Time to buy. It's done. Okay, I'll buy more. Yeah. Because they don't know, right? That's why I'm semi-concerned right now is because of um, when those that BlackRock guy came out, Larry Fink, and started talking about ETFs and all this shit. I'm like, now it's being publicized on MS, MSNBC. And yep. I'm like, are we going to start going down here? Because that is a really good indicator that... For sure. I don't know. Well, we talked about it on our, when we did our last market update, we're like, we're starting to see some of those signs. People are starting to say the recession's not coming. And yeah. they're it's like, oh, that's why we're maybe a little bit less bullish now than we were like six months ago. Yeah, I'm, but, a little, I'm, I'm less bullish. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's, 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 it's the inverse indicator. Yeah. And the family inverse indicator never fails. That's it. No, so, you're right. Yeah. Hey, if you guys have any, uh, any other profit-taking strategies, leave them in the comments. I'm sure the viewers, the listeners would, have, would really appreciate to hear from you guys as well. That's why we have such an expansive community because there's a lot of smart minds that can be put to work here. And then make sure you tune into the next episode. Because that one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.